Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this week I'm joined by my good <laughs> <Dude>, get it <laughs> together. <laughs> I was just thinking about Balvin, Cut. and it made me laugh. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, take three. Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast, and this week I hope to get my friend's last name correct. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this week I'm joined by my good friends, Corey Bauman and Dave Ashworth with Breaking Dawn Films. On this episode, we're going to discuss the 2019 Outdoor Film School, what they learned from attending, what they are still wanting to learn this year, and what they plan to do with their business, as well as so much more. This is shaping up to be an awesome podcast, so let's get this conversation started. Cue the music. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. First, I want to start this episode off by reminding you to join the Filming with Josh Facebook group, where you can hang out and learn all about videography, photography, and the business that goes with it. We've got one of the best groups on the web for passing on information regarding content creation, so be sure to hop on and join the Filming with Josh Facebook group today. Also, many of you know about my private film lessons as I've been teaching quite a few people over the past few months. If you are interested in learning more about your cameras, your video gear, how to color grade, storyboarding, or anything related to video production, be sure to send me a PM on Facebook or contact me via email at josh at rusticriver.media to book private lessons. I teach these lessons one-on-one -on -one via FaceTime, so you can hop on with me for an hour or two or however long you need to ask me about anything you're struggling with so I can help you out the best of my abilities. Let me know what I can do for you and we'll get started as soon as you're ready. Now, Corey and Dave are on the line with me tonight, and I'm fired up to have them on the show. These two dudes have been friends of mine for a couple years now, and man, they are incredible individuals. They're strong Christians who have their own podcast called Rooted Outdoors, where they share their faith as well as their love for hunting. They've been uh, badgering me with questions about filming over the last couple years, so I thought it was about time I had them on the show. So are you guys ready to podcast? Let's do this, Josh. Always ready for a podcast. Always ready for a podcast. Man, I'm pumped to have you guys on the show. I've spent the last several days down at Port Aransas doing some saltwater fishing and hanging out with the family, but honestly, I couldn't wait to get back so we could chat, man. Yeah, me yeah, either. Man. We're excited. We're excited. Let me first say, before we go any further, that like Josh said in the intro, the Filming with Josh Facebook page, man, I can't tell you, and I know Corey would agree, I can't tell you how much I've learned from that page with Josh posting things and other people posting. I've asked questions on there. Uh, and just the group of people who just love filming and love, you know, talking about those topics, it's pretty awesome. So if you aren't part of that, this is another endorsement for that because uh, you will learn a ton. You'll meet some awesome people. Dang, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. For sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure, for sure. And thanks again, man, for having us on. It's, uh, I remember when, I mean, we met. At least I met you when we had you on our podcast probably two years ago now. So a lot yeah, has happened like since that. then. Man, a ton has happened in that, since then. I've met you guys in person. We've hung out. We had the film school. I mean, we had we had a lot going on. It's it's been awesome, and I'm excited to to see what the future has for us. For sure. Especially alligator hunting. That's yeah. something I'm going to definitely mm. try to take you guys doing. Man, mm. I'm I'm just waiting to apply for that that draw yeah, when that well, opens. As soon as it opens, we're all applying. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with it if I get one. Um, 
I'm still trying to figure out how to let my wife not kick the bear out of my house, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'll have to live in my office, but I'm okay with that. Man, I know nothing about alligator hunting, as you know. I've met in conversations, so I'm just going to follow your lead, man. You're you're the you're an expert, so you know, even if you don't know anything, it's still a lot more than I know. So <laughs> <laughs> I I know how to make sure they're dead and I know how to skin them as far as <laughs> as far as anything else well I guess we'll just figure out whether we get eaten or not <laughs> yeah that sounds that sounds like a plan I'll just tell my wife that you are an expert so she's trusting of that of that trip I, yeah that's a that's <laughs> not a wise idea <laughs> man I, I had an awesome time with you guys when you came down to my film school and I don't know if you realize this that was uh, actually y'all were here a month ago today which is crazy mm. to me oh wow yeah, I, I had a, it was May 17th, 18th, and 19th. Y'all actually came down on the 16th and mm -hmm. uh, went around Central Texas a little bit with me. What did y'all think about the Hill Country? Go ahead, Dave. All right, I'll go first. Um, totally different for me. Uh, I am from Pennsylvania. I've spent my entire life here. I've been, that was my second trip to Texas, I think. Uh, the first trip I was up more northern Texas and Dallas where Corey's from uh, we traveled around a little bit uh, but spent most of our time up that direction and it's pretty flat up there um, but there's a lot of different um, like habitat which I thought was really interesting and then getting down into the hill country uh, was totally different one of the things that really stood out for me was how clean like the rivers were and you just don't really see that much in Pennsylvania there's there's just muddy bottoms and, you know, the moving water, and I do say water, in case you're wondering, <laughs> the muddy water, it's my Philadelphian coming out, um, around here, you know, stirs it up so it's not clear, but down there it's all white rock, and so everything's clear and everybody's swimming in it, and it was just really cool to see these rivers, like, running through these towns. We, we drove through a college campus and all the kids were out swimming in the river, and it was just it was really cool. And then, um, you know, where we were staying for the film school was just really, really pretty country, hill country, a lot of ranches. And um, it was just really cool, cool to be down there. And I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, but I'm not becoming a Cowboys fan in case that's what you're wondering. So just letting you know. You got to go well, there so early in this podcast. For sure. So early. Well, uh, it's OK. We'll let that go. We don't stab people the way you all do. Yeah. Mm. Oof. <laughs> um, do, so I have to ask you, Dave, um, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but mm -hmm. tell me your favorite food place I took you. Favorite food place. So we went to a barbecue place. I think it was called the Salt Lake, right? Mm, the Salt um, Lake. Which was good. But I think my favorite place was the taco place. Tortis. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, they, they had some queso that was just insane. And then I don't remember the tacos that I had, but they were uh, they were. You got the trailer park, and you got it trashy with mm. queso. They were quality. <laughs> they were quality. So I knew uh, you were gonna say that because I saw your face when you bit into that taco. Yeah, you knew. Yeah, you knew it was the best taco you've ever had. I know good food, and I'm and I told Josh when I went down, I want some good food, and I am a harsh critic, like a very harsh critic when it comes to food, but that was one of the best if not the best taco i've ever had i will admit that it's seriously torchies is like that is my guilty pleasure i would it's be there good. right now instead of talking to you guys if i if i could afford to eat there every day it's legit it is legit 
Yeah, I um, I really appreciate you guys waiting till I left to go there. Yeah, yeah. Really good. <laughs> You're the one who left, man. You could have stayed with us. Oh, it's kind man. of it's kind of on you. If I would have known, you know, I probably would have stayed. It's true, it's true. Well, I really want to ask you guys. So, I want to know a little bit more. I know I know a fair amount about you guys, but I want our listeners, I guess, to know a little bit more about you. You kind of briefly said where you're from, but I want both of you to, to really say where you're from, um, what you do for a living, how did you get into videography, and uh, what are you planning to do with your new company, Breaking Dawn Films? And we'll start with uh, we'll start with Corey. Awesome, man. Yeah, so let's see. So I was born and raised in Pennsylvania. That's how Dave and I met. Uh, so I was born and raised there. Um, lived there most of my life, and uh, I actually worked for a window manufacturer back in the like 2002, 2003, and had the opportunity to live in uh, Florida for about a year and then um, progressed actually through that company pretty quickly and ended up uh, getting a, a promotion, moved to actually lived in Texas back in like 2002 in McKinney uh, for about a year. It was a quick kind of stint around uh, Florida and Texas and then back to Pennsylvania and then pretty much lived there. Uh, up until about two years ago, um, the company I work for now called Master Networks. We do uh, business consulting and help uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs build referral networks. So we have you know chapters that meet around the country, and I run. I got offered the opportunity to run their operations. So uh, our headquarters is in Plano, Texas, which is North Dallas. For anybody else, anybody that doesn't know that, and got the opportunity to move out here at the end of 2017. So. We saw the opportunity and we picked up and we moved our family out here and we've been here since. Um, it's been uh, it's been awesome. We love Texas. You know, it's much different than Pennsylvania, but so much opportunity. And you know, you were talking a little bit about Austin. I mean, I've been to Austin a few times. Uh, went to the Hill Country for the first time last year, and uh, I ran a few Spartan races. So they're like kind of like. Um, obstacle course endurance races. I ran a couple of those. There's one in the hill country of Austin. So that was the first time I've got to actually see hill country and it was, it's breathtaking. I mean, it's not what you, excuse me, it's not what I expected. Uh, and just really, really cool terrain. Uh, and so, yeah, so lived here for a couple of years. Um, and, uh, you know, so my weeks, my days are pretty much, you know, pretty much taken up as far as what I do with Master Networks because it's a you know it's a full time career, um, but I have always been an entrepreneur at, you know at heart and kind of own businesses. I was I had a real estate business for a long time, and that's actually how I got introduced to Master Networks. I was in a networking group with with uh, my real estate company, and and then um, you know met Dave. We started how we got into filming. We met and both kind of always had an interest for filming our hunt. So I've been a hunter all my life. I mean, I've been in the woods since I've probably been, you know, 10 or 11 years old. I'm just turned 42. So primarily an archery hunter and uh, just grew up hunting deer and turkeys primarily in Pennsylvania. We met, Dave and I met uh, probably about eight years ago and then kind of knew each other for a while. And we just, we started to kind of talk about hunting and found that commonality and then also found the commonality of um, our faith and we both realized we had you know wanted to go on that journey together and uh, I look at Dave as you know like a, a mentor when it comes to that uh, he's just got a really strong faith 
real strong relationship with Christ, and it's just uh, it's really cool to see. Um, so we clicked quickly. We started to film. Uh, had a kind of a interest in filming, so we dove in, started filming. I remember like some of those first early hunts that we went on and tried to film. And if anybody out there has ever filmed, you know, hunts uh, and been in a tree stand with another person, it's it's tricky. But but anyway, so we got into that. We did that for a few years with Rooted Outdoors, and um, one of the things that really I think kind of spurred our interest to start a company was that. And if you have a nonprofit or if you've been around nonprofits, um, it's it's tricky on how to get funding and things like that for what you want to do. And one of the things we're really passionate about with Rooted is taking youth out on hunts. And there's you know there's time, there's money, there are things that have to be invested into that. And so it was we found kind of we struggled a little bit to get funding, and we weren't really asking for it. But we said, well, you know, our passion really, other than other than what we do with our main careers is filming so why don't we start a company you know and we'll we'll take you know we'll basically use breaking dawn to to fund a lot of what we're going to doing with rooted outdoors and so that's kind of how that topic got started and then we we just kind of put the wheels in motion and you've obviously been a josh has been a huge huge help to huge mentor to us you know there's many other people but i mean you are primarily the person that you know we talk like you said jokingly in the beginning we badger you with questions but you you're just a giving dude and and um really been a blessing to us so hopefully i didn't talk too long there um i didn't mean to give you my whole life story but <laughs> that's me in a except nutshell for I, except for i wasn't joking about the badgering yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man. no that's that's awesome man and i'll tell you uh i remember meeting up with you for the first time in person not long after you moved to texas and i have to ask you how do you uh how do you feel you're taking to the heat here you know what man like and i hate to use the the words there's no humidity because i mean you have a ton of humidity down there we don't have the yeah, nearly the humidity that like i remember when we were when we were down at the ranch during the film <laughs> that school last day. dude that last day was humid i mean really humid it was, it was rough it's hot i mean look when it's 110 degrees out for like you know 10 days straight which i think last year it was close to that it's hot man i don't care if it's humid or not humid but like i don't i don't necessarily mind it i mean my my daughter's four or just turned five actually there's pools all over the place and they enjoy it um but uh yeah i mean the heat's the heat but I mean, I would I wouldn't change it. Like I wouldn't leave because of it, you know. Yeah, and you know, I feel like even though we have the heat here, at least we don't have the brutal winters. So yeah, <laughs> it can true. get cold, but nothing like what you guys have had when you lived up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Although when anything happens here, you know, that's the one thing they're not prepared for it. So if there's any ice oh. or snow or anything, dude, it's like everything shuts down for, sure. for like a week. <laughs> everything shuts we're so unprepared sand truck what's a sand truck yeah <laughs> <laughs> well man that's awesome and i really appreciate you sharing that information and i want to ask dave next what uh what about you where are you from what do you do for a living how did you get into videography um what are you planning to do um with breaking down films we've heard Corey's answer but i want to sure. hear yours sure yeah so i'm i grew up in pennsylvania i grew up like 15 minutes outside of Philadelphia and now I'm about live about an hour outside of Philadelphia. Um, I run my own accounting practice that I started about eight years ago, um, which, you know, 
as you know, running your own business takes up a lot of time. But I, I love feel like it. that explains a lot about you being an Eagles fan. Like you have a sad life because you're an accountant. <laughs> I hated accounting. You cannot possibly tell me you enjoy that. And so you take your misery and you just like make it yourself a miserable Eagles fan. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Now I know why you brought me on this podcast here. <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, I'm just messing with yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, no, but I love uh, being a business owner and I love working with other entrepreneurs and, and helping them with the financial side of their business is something that I've, I feel like I've been, uh, you know, gifted some of those abilities and to be able to use those abilities to help other people. Uh, cause mm-hmm. typically people are in business cause they're, they're good at something. And a lot of times they need other people who are good at other pieces of the business to surround them, whether that's an accountant or an attorney or whoever it might be, um, For sure. to help them so that they can really pursue their, you know, their goal and use their skills to do that. So that's so I, I just really enjoy that that part of the process, um, and like I said, I've been doing that for about eight years now, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Corey kind of touched on the the rooted outdoors thing. That's where we we began filming. Um, we we just started filming together, and you know we had no idea what we were doing. We just you know got a camera, hopped in a tree, and started filming, started putting out videos under Rooted Outdoors. There was no, really no rhyme or reason for it. It was just kind of something that we enjoyed doing. And honestly, we probably enjoyed just watching it back for ourselves and looking at different footage and deer and turkeys and this and that. So we just really enjoyed it ourselves. And um, like Corey said, we kind of were trying to figure out what rooted was and it was just really confusing for a while um until we kind of until we decided that we were really running to you know an organization and a business and we were trying to combine it where the organization was rooted where we do like youth hunts we also do some speaking engagements where we speak at game dinners and churches that's through rooted and then the the video piece, you know, while we'll we'll put videos out under Rooted because we film all the youth hunts and, and stuff like that, the video pieces is, is going to be under the the Breaking Dawn films. Um, you know, one thing that that Corey and I feel like uh, we're both pretty good at is we both have a pretty strong business mind. And in business, one of the the best ways uh, to grow your business is to explain and and Corey. Uh, something that Corey talks about a lot is to explain your why and why you're in business. And, you know, we feel one of the best ways to do that is through video. That's an easy way to do it. People, you know, if you flick through your Facebook or your Instagram, uh, people stop on videos because they're easy to consume and they can convey a, a really strong message very quickly. Uh, so that's another reason that we wanted to create this company is because we love business and we love creating videos. So why not try to help people grow their business uh, through through some some marketing efforts through video so that's so that's essentially why we created breaking dawn um, and uh, we we've done a couple small things but um, we really were we started it and then we went to Josh's film school and that was um, for us that really helped propel us now it was only about a month ago but we feel like we learned a lot to now we feel really comfortable going out and trying to sell our services and knowing that um, the the value that we can bring is there. Let me ask you, mm-hmm. so you, with Rooted, it was really out, you know, it was outdoor mm-hmm. and faith 
focused and breaking down films. You're going to share some of your outdoor films mm-hmm. there now. But do you think do you think so now it's safe to say that breaking down films will be um, a lot of corporate work, a lot of outdoor work, a lot of mixture of a lot of different things? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. I mean, I think the out any outdoor work is definitely where we're, we're most comfortable. That's where we we learned we learned a lot in like running gun situations with hunting. So anything outside, which a lot of people are are scared of at times because lighting can be harsh, but that's just what we're used to. We've we've done that mm-hmm. since the beginning, so we feel pretty comfortable there. So we'll probably spend most of our time doing like outdoor type work, but then and business commercials. That's you know for the most part where where we think that we're going to spend our time with uh with Breaking Dawn. Yeah, that's kind of what it was for me. So I started out as Broken Pine. To actually, I started out as Broken Pine Outfitters, and then everybody <laughs> called me thinking I was a clothing company. So I changed it to Broken Pine Outdoors. <laughs> and I ran broke. I ran Broken Pine Outdoors for a long time, but it was very um, just outdoor related. And then I started yeah. doing a lot of non-outdoor stuff, and so that's why yeah. I created Rustic River Media back in 2015. And it sounds in some ways that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, like kind of like Dave said too, just to kind of piggyback off that, I think um, just business in general, like so you said, you know, that you guys are going to be doing a lot of different things. I think that's the, the tough thing for for any business owner when you're starting a business is to, to figure out what to focus on without doing too much, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think we're pretty clear on what we want to do, but we're kind of still in that discovery period where it's like, you know, like Dave said, it's like you kind of go with what you're comfortable with, but then you also see opportunities in other areas where, you know, like he said, light, lighting specifically, you know, to light an interview, like that's not something we really have ever had to do. I mean, even the interviews we've done, most of our films weren't really, they're not, the films we've done in the outdoor world are not heavy on interviews. We just never, we just never went that route. They're more cinematic type stuff. And there just isn't a lot of that. So even the outdoor stuff, we hadn't shot a ton of interviews. So figuring out how to light that inside, you know, like it's just a whole different world. <laughs> yeah, you know, so one thing I was going to get into later in the podcast is this uh, music video I shot this past week. But I guess I can go ahead and kind of segue into that a little bit um, because you were talk- talking about lighting. So one of the things that I think is great about Breaking Dawn films for you guys is that um, your one of your biggest passions, obviously, is is doing uh, video in the outdoor world, as is mine. One thing I learned over the years when I branched away from that four, five, six years ago and started doing a lot of other type of work was it made my outdoor project so much better because it forced me to learn new things like lighting, um, sound design, uh, storyboarding, things like that. Things that once you learn how to do that in the non-outdoor world, you could take that and apply it to your outdoor projects and make them all that much better. And a great example of that was this past, uh, sun, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, so I guess like nine days ago, something like that, um, I did, uh, I produced my first music video. Uh, I guess technically my title was director. And I worked with um, my wife and I, and, and we hired a, a grip from a, a college student here in town to come help us out. And we worked with a uh, set designer and producer to basically set up and set different scenes up for this music video and it was an incredibly complex project um we had we shot the whole thing i think we i left my house at 5 30 in the morning and i got back at three o'clock in the morning the next day 
Um, it was a 19 hour. We physically shot for 19 hours, or not like literally recorded for 19 hours, but we were there on set for 19 hours, and every single every single shot had required a completely different set. So we'd have to, you know, we might take a bedroom, for instance, and after we're done with it, we might convert the side, rearrange the whole thing to make just the side of the room look like a hallway so we could shoot the closet doors as if they were hall closets, but we had to redecorate the whole room just to make the side of the wall look like it was a hallway and not a bedroom. And so like everything we did required an immense amount of rearranging and decorating. We used fog machines. We used a lot of lights. And one of the things about lighting that I thought was really interesting for this project was we used a lot of a lot of colored lights. It was something I asked to do um, as the director. I, I had this vision that um, colored lighting would really bring out uh, just so much more character to the video. So we used a lot of blue lights, a lot of red lights. What we did is we, we put these gels. If you don't know what a gel is, it's like uh, plastic or different types of materials that you can put over lights to change the colors. So we would gel them blue or red or um, even have warm yellow tints, like we'd have morning light almost with uh, blues and reds. And what we would do is bounce that off of the walls or off of people's skins. And it just made the project look a thousand times better. And I just think it's really interesting because when you get out of the outdoor world and you have to go step into that world, and I have never done a music video before, um, but I was, I, I don't know, I just was really creative and I had all these ideas and I took ideas from different movies and different things I'd seen and I, I put them into practice and I'd learned enough over the years to know how to put them into practice. And so when you look at the footage back, uh, tomorrow my client is, is coming here and we're doing a rough cut together of the project before we send it off to the um, uh, special effects designer. But when when you look at the raw content, the colors are absolutely amazing. And it really, the lighting makes it look like we shot this off of a red, when in reality is maybe five shots were off of an FS7 Mark II and everything else was off an A7 III and an A7R III. And what made those A7 cameras look like we'd shot it off of a, a red Monstro was the fact that we use such creative lighting. And so I know it's a long-winded explanation, but what I'm getting at is you can, when you learn to get to brace breaking down films and to take on different projects, whether it's corporate projects or whatever it is that you may take on, you are going to learn so much more about lighting and sound and things than you ever dreamed of learning in doing uh, outdoor projects. And then you're going to get to carry that over to your outdoor work. And next thing you know, you're going to feel like Donnie Vincent's crew out there. And <laughs> I'm really excited to see that uh, happen for you guys because I feel like you have a similar business sense to me. And I truly believe that that's a direction you guys can head, even if it's just something you do part-time. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, one thing I want to say, too, I was thinking about this today about the podcast tonight and stuff. And, you know, Dave agrees, and I know you agree with this, too. It's like it's so important in the business world, not just in the business world, but everywhere to surround yourself with like, like-minded people and people that are already doing things you want to do and like find really good people around you. And it doesn't need, you don't need to have a million people around you. Like you just need some really good people. And I feel like, like, dude, I respect the heck out of what you've done, what you've done to build a business already at such a young age, really. Like, I wish I had your business sense at your age. Um, you know, you've, made mistakes you've learned from your mistakes and that's i think a lot of the problems that a lot of the problem i think with business owners in general is that they don't they make mistakes and they get discouraged and they don't keep trying and dude you've made some mistakes and i know you've you've been transparent about it even you know on your podcast and the fact that you just keep grinding and you keep learning and you just you're just dude you're just a class act like professional 
business owner in this and that and that's got you to where you are today and so i i I just respect what you've done with that dude i really appreciate that that means a lot yep yeah well i'm i i really do appreciate that and i think one of the things about business that you mentioned earlier and this is something that i think has helped me and you you mentioned this is that y'all are trying to figure out what your focus should be and i think that's it's okay to be in that searching period um and i think you know that too and uh, but it is also very important to at some point figure out, um, you know, what is it that you do for sure? So that when you have that elevator speech opportunity, you can nail it down of, oh, I'm not just uh, we, we make videos, but we make X, Y and Z videos. And I think that as you guys continue to, to grow and learn, you're going to narrow that vision down and 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 have that focus point. And I know that I tried to do too much for a long time. I was going to I was going to run social media and design websites and make videos and do photography and all this other stuff. And in reality, I'm, I'm videography and photography is what I'm good at. So that's just what I'm going to stick with. And I think that um, it's really important to have that. But I, I get a sense that you guys are trending that direction. And I think that's going to be great for you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so a month ago today, as I said, you guys were attending my 2019 outdoor film school. And I, I want to ask you guys... What, uh, what you felt like you learned the most from the school? Um, is there any particular things that you learned or things that you felt like you didn't learn? And then also, um, what was your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I can jump in first. Um, I would say there's, there's mm, two things that stood out to me. Um, the first thing was not necessarily something that you were teaching but just something that i observed in in everything that you were doing and uh that really stuck with me and that was how organized you are and how meticulous you are with everything um you know we we did some we did some shooting together we set up an interview and just watching you, you're just super patient with everything. Like the the littlest thing, like every time you picked up a camera, you would clean it off with like a dust blower and then wipe it down with, with a lens cloth every time. And like something as little as that, like I noticed those things. And to me, it's those little things that separate you from a lot of other people. Uh, so that was one really big thing for me that you probably weren't even trying to do. You just do it naturally. But I noticed, um, and I, you know, I'm sure other people notice as well. But that was something that I was like, man, like sometimes I just get lazy, and I'm not organized, or I'm not doing all the little things that I should be doing, and they matter. And uh, so that was something that was really important for me. Um, and then I would say that the second thing is the, and this would be my biggest takeaway was just the level of planning that goes into um, your videos. For us in the past, we're, we're filming our hunts. That's where we spent most of our time creating videos where you go out and you, you have no idea what's going to happen and you shoot a bunch of stuff. And then if something happens, you try to create a video and quote unquote a story uh, and there might be a story there that, that might be true, but you're you're not shooting with a plan. And at the film school, you know, what we did was we, we learned about the business and we 
figured out what made that business unique and we wrote a script and then we went out and shot all the shots that we needed to back up the script and what we were trying to say and uh, that was just eye-opening for me and I I kind of knew that that's how it should be done but after seeing it and after seeing the end result of of the video that we created it just became so obvious that a good video is made in the planning stages uh, a lot of people can shoot really good shots a lot of people can 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 get good audio and, and capture stuff but the people that are able to to tell a story put a lot of time into the plan and then they went out and shot with a purpose and to me that was the the biggest thing that I took away from from the school yeah that's awesome that um that level of planning is something that I learned because I um, <laughs> I would show up when I was in my younger days. I'd show up for a project and shoot it like an outdoor project where I just mm-hmm. shoot from the hip and just kind of get creative shots. And then I'd get home and be like, well, what do I do next? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that it's hard to do that because then you're stuck like trying to do nothing but write voiceover and figure out what to write based on what you have. And mm-hmm. that takes a lot more time. And then next thing you know, your product's just not as good. So I do, that was one of the big things for me on the film school is wanting to talk about how you can create a video from start to finish by figuring out what it is that you're there to do in the first place. And I feel like once you get a feel, you don't even have to be great at storyboarding. It's just taking the time to just figure out what it is you want to do before you start. And once you do that, um, I feel like over time you just, you, you, you become a storyboarder because you do it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. That was huge for me. Like just seeing that whole process through. And then we went out and we were like, okay, we need to get this shot, this shot, and this shot. And then instead of, you know, wandering around aimlessly for three hours trying to get pretty shots or, or cool shots, we were out there to get three shots. We spent time on each shot getting it exactly perfect. And the end product shows. And, uh, that was just that was just huge for me. That was huge. Yeah, I can't wait to share that project online. I'm still waiting. So <laughs> the client can't find, the ranch owner cannot find uh, a copy <laughs> of his logo. <laughs> it's killing me because the video has been done since the film school. I mean, we finished right. it that, that day, but right. I have like no, I have, I'm not, I can't put it out there until I have the logo. So right. I called him last week and he's like, I'm still looking for it. <laughs> Sounds like he needs a logo. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. Design a logo for him. <laughs> I'm about to hook him up with a logo designer because yeah. I really want to put the video out that's there funny. for you guys. That's funny. What about? Uh, well, that's good feedback. I appreciate that. What about you, um, Corey? What did you? Um, what do you feel like you learned? What did you not learn that you wish you learned? And what was your biggest takeaway? Man, I'll tell you what. Like we talked about, kind of talked about what we wanted to learn before we get out there, and I, I. I mean, I go into kind of any training or any like learning lesson, which is with complete open mind and like clean slate and just, you know, open to just looking at things differently. And I think, um, you know, I think before I went to your school, I was looking more at the production end of things as um, not, not taking shortcuts per se, but like not being patient enough with certain shots, thinking, you know, you can just, you just fix it in post. Right. And I think, yes, you can fix a lot in post. But what I learned was is that it's, it's so much more efficient if you just set up the shot right, you light it right. The audio's you know, the audio's 
the, the audio is right. Um, you know, you're just more patient with everything as you're shooting it. You know, there's a lot less you have to do than when it's in post. Um, and there's a lot that you really can't fix in post. Um, and so just to be patient with that. So I think just watching you, like kind of like Dave said, you know, watching how patient you were with things and also how matter of fact you were, um, you know, if there, if there, if it wasn't the right environment to not shoot it. Like I know when we were talking about um, uh, where we were going to do the interview, you know, we spent, I don't know how long we spent. I mean, we probably spent 30 minutes figuring out where we were even going to shoot it. And we went through all the pros and cons of shooting in different areas. And the one con was that there might not be anything going on at the very moment, but I think it was the wind I think it was the wind against the building. We had heard over the, the two days we were there, we had heard that the wind was hitting it and somebody even brought it up and I don't know who it was, it might have been Dave or Josh, but said, you know, but what if it gets windy? You know, that kind of ruins the whole thing. So finding the, the right place to do the interview where you can control as much of the environment as you can. So finding places to control as much of the environment, um, just being really intentional about the shots, like Dave said, um, the storyboarding piece too was huge for me because I, I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on it. And I I think out of all the things that we did, I probably enjoyed that the most. Like I enjoyed, you know, writing the story and then going out and like putting it all together. Like Dave said, you know, we pretty much we were we we've been working in reverse. You know, we'll go out and we'll film a hunt where we film something and then we look at what we have and we go, okay, what we can, what can we make with this, right? And that's not the way to approach it. Um, and we started kind of shifting it, but once we went to the film school and we left, like that was one of the things we talked about. You know, even we have a film that we're working on um, that we already, we already had the hunt. It was a youth turkey hunt this year. But even that, we can even get even more, uh, we can even put a better story together um, where it's gonna, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna tell a message, it's gonna tell a story, that kind of thing. So those would be the biggies. I mean, I think uh, the hands-on piece for me, I'm a hands-on learner. So you know, getting out there and actually, you know, shooting and um, getting, you know, getting the shots and kind of learning from going back to just being surrounded by people that are, have been doing this a lot longer than than we have. Um, just kind of learning, picking up just little things. Cause I, like Dave said, you know, it's the little dominoes that you put all together that make this amazing project. And it's just all these little things that I picked up that you were doing that we kind of, you know, we, we put in our, in our memories to, to kind of execute, you know, next time we go out and do something, it's these, all these little things that you put together that make the biggest difference in the world. And that's the biggest thing I picked up with you specifically. It's all these little things that you're doing, which makes you makes you world class. So, I hope hope that's hope that's the answer you you, uh, you were looking for. <laughs> no, well, I just I just wanted to know, yeah, what you yeah. know, what are some things you learned, and um, that's good feedback. I feel like um, probably one of the things that took the longest that I could not wait to be done with was going through all the camera settings, right? Mm. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh. It took yeah. hours. <laughs> well, you know, and then you know, yeah, and then it became a joke after a while, right? Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, I have a great camera. I love my camera, but it's not an A7 III. It's an A7S. So it's like, you know, it's oh, yeah. it's a great camera. I mean, I've done, you know, I've loved shooting with it, and 
even getting more into photography, you know, that kind of thing with it and stuff. But it was, it was, but your pages didn't match up with our pages. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It took a long time. I, I had a really good time at the film school. I, um, I think some of the things came out the way exactly like I was hoping it would. Um, I mean, we did spend three days there. We, uh, were able to, uh, we, we did it on a, a high fence ranch, um, so that we knew that we would have opportunities to film wildlife because that was a really important thing for this project. Uh, I didn't want to go somewhere <laughs> where we may or may not see anything. Um, so being able to go there and put this project together in three days was kind of what I wanted to do. And I felt like the, the challenge for this particular video was going to be, how do you make a marketing video for a hunting outfit without having any hunting footage? Um, because we weren't filming any hunts. I mean, we were there for three days to the, like a day and a half of it was classroom. You know, you might have what a morning and a, and a afternoon of filming, and then you've got a, another afternoon to edit everything. So there's no time to film hunts. So we, one of the things that we try to do is figure out how can we market a hunting outfit without showing any hunting footage. And, uh, I was wondering if you guys, kind of, do y'all remember kind of like how we did that? I'm trying to think back of the video. No, no. Well, I'll come up with something. Um, I think that the uh, we started off by we just sat in a room and we just brainstormed on different things that that made this ranch unique. Um, you know, I, some of the things I remember were it's a, it's a family business. They've been in business for X amount of years. Um, you know, those are some of the things that we focus on. Where it was located, uh, the lo- um, like how close it was to a couple of the big airports down there. So we try to just pick things that were really made the ranch unique, and then we developed our shot list um, around those things. Um, and we didn't really need. Uh, to have somebody hunting to show like the experience on this ranch and how it was going to be unique. We also talked about like the lodge um, and we showed a couple shots of the lodge. Um, and then there was like an old, I don't know what it was, a windmill and then a house. Um, you know, we talked about. Yeah, it was like, like some, the original 150 yeah, year old house. Or which was like really cool. And so we kind of opened it up with that. Um, I, I believe that was the opening shot. So we showed kind of showed that and that, that also made it unique. So so I think that was kind of our approach to kind of just sit down and what made the ranch unique and then we just developed shots around that. I mean, let's be honest, I wouldn't have been opposed to getting some hunting shots. We just didn't no. try That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Especially true. especially a pig. That's true. Definitely a pig. Yeah. Definitely a pig. What were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say, you know, it was the experience in a nutshell. Like you you just have to you have to show that the experience piece of it. Um, and I think what's cool about it is, you know, most of most of the outfitter videos that you see, the outfitter, outfitter promotional videos that you see do, it is mostly killing. They're mostly, they're mostly shooting animals. Like, and they're I think it makes reels. it different. Yeah. It's highlight reels. That's all it is. This showed the beauty of the property and the experience they're going to have over that, you know, a couple days that they're there. So I thought it was good. Yeah, I think I think um, that was definitely a thing for me. So a lot of um, a lot of hunting outfits are because I do a lot of outfitter marketing, and a lot of hunting outfits uh, usually just have on their website or social media sites. If they do have anything, it's uh, typically just kill rolls. Um, mm. But a kill roll, like anybody can go out and shoot a bunch of animals on camera and have a kill roll. 
It's more about what makes this place unique. It's the variety of animals, where it's located, for proximity to airports, like y'all said, um, the historic ranch, what the lodge looks like, uh, things like that. It's the experience. It's selling the experience. And so I feel like one of the things that uh, really was hoping we could figure out was how to market this place without any hunting footage. And I feel like we did, overall, we did a pretty good job of it. And the goal is to do it within 60 seconds so that he could use this and because we gifted this to the outfit um, just as a thank you for letting us come there. And so he's going to use this on Instagram, Facebook, uh, his website, things like that. And I think, man, I, I think it's going to turn out pretty good. And Dave's Dave saw pretty much the final product with the exception of the logo. Uh, Corey, you haven't, but I'm no. excited to send it to you. Yeah, me too, man. I was just thinking about it actually the other day. I'm like, I wonder. And then David mentioned something about the logo. So hopefully it gets it to you soon. I know. Well, one of the things that you, I asked you guys before you came, um, what are some of the things that you felt like you're struggling with that you wanted to, or maybe not even struggling. It's maybe not the right word, but some things that you were just wanting to learn more about. I think it's a better way to put that. And y'all gave me a variety of answers. Uh, a few of them were um, lighting, storyboarding. And I think, I think y'all had asked a little bit about color grading because I know that uh, Dave had been struggling to color log footage a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah, because log can be tricky. If you've never worked with log footage, it can be tricky. And sometimes maybe you don't even understand the benefit of it. But uh, once you learn how to color log, there definitely is a benefit there. That's why the FS7 uh, is approved by Netflix for Netflix Originals is because it has such a good log profile. Yep. And so I feel like... Um, I feel like we shot everything in log, but I wanted to ask you, Dave, do you feel like you have a better understanding on how to color log now? I think so. I think uh, one of the things that helped me the most was actually going out in the field and shooting uh, and, and just seeing how you were exposing your shots in log. Uh, that's something that uh, I think I definitely struggled with in the past. And then uh, obviously dropping everything. And what what the cool part was for me was that it was shots that that Corey and I had taken on my camera, just like I would have normally. That Josh was able to use in the video, and I could see exactly what he did uh, to the shots and see like, okay, you know what, like this, you know, because just just to give a little background, like I I had shot in log for a while. Some of the shots were awesome. Um, and some of them were just not good. And I just really couldn't go out and shoot where even if it was 20% of the shots were just not really usable. So Corey and I had switched to like a Cine 4 profile, which is not, doesn't have quite as much dynamic range. It's a little, a little less flat. There's a little more saturation in it. Um, but it still is, you know, still is a little more flat than just a normal profile. And, um, you know, we went into the film school with an open mind to to really try shooting a log again. And uh, we, Corey was out, I think, the following weekend for a turkey hunt. And uh, the footage that I shot that weekend, I shot it all in log, and uh, it looks really good. And there was some early morning stuff and some midday stuff and, and all sorts of stuff. So um, I'm going to, th- I think I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I think, like I said, seeing it actually seeing you expose shots in the field was really really important but man if you can if you can get comfortable using log just with the dynamic range that it has especially when you're outside 
I mean, that's the way to go if you can pull it off. And yeah, I, th- I think that's what we're going to use moving forward, at least right now. Yeah, log is challenging because you have to, a lot of people don't understand that with log, you have to overexpose um, by one to two stops. You want, you basically, if you don't know what a histogram is, you want to expose your histogram to the right, um, basically as bright as you can get without clipping anything. Like that's the whole point is to not blow highlights, but get as bright as you can without blowing them. And when you do that, your footage is extremely clean. And then whenever you drop your correction LUT in post, it brings the footage to life. And so log doesn't have to be a very scary undertaking, um, but it definitely can be if you've never done it. I know the first couple times I shot in log and I, I put the footage in post, I didn't know how to expose it or even how to correct it when I had shot in it. And it looked terrible. It was extremely right. grainy or noisy. Um, I couldn't get color to it no matter what I did. People's skin tones, they look sick or something. Um, so I, I'm like you guys, I use Cine 4 for a lot. I shot two seasons of TV shows um, in Cine 4 and it's a great profile. But when I learned to finally get comfortable with log and I understood how to expose it and how to grade it, it's actually super fast. And I actually can grade log faster than I can a Cine 4 profile because it's like you shoot it, you drop it in, you drop your LUT, you're done. It's yep. like super easy. And you might dra- you might change your exposure a little bit if you since you're overexposing, but um, in post you'll change it. But it's really simple. So I'm hoping that you guys can get more comfortable with that because I truly think you'll um, you'll reap the benefits. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, the what I what I learned probably most about S log, I mean obviously the color grading piece of it afterwards, but what white balance to shoot in. The specific, like how specific the white balance should be for indoor and outdoor. And I think um, we were slightly off shooting the white balance, or at least I was. I was off when I shot a couple indoor videos or indoor interviews. Um, and my white balance wasn't, it was not on point when I shot an S log. And so it made it really, really tough to get the right colors and pull the greens out and like all kinds of stuff. So I, I definitely learned a lot about that. What are some things you guys both feel that, um, you want to learn this year like for me every year i always have a few things that i'm really trying to focus on um, i spent like mm-hmm. a year and a half trying to really focus on micro you know my audio i spent a lot of time on my color grading mm-hmm. uh, the next year like what are some things you guys really feel like you're you're wanting to learn more about right now mm-hmm. Corey, you want to go first yeah i mean for me it's it's no doubt um how to how to get really really good at editing really good i think when we started Dave and I started shooting initially. Dave had a little bit of a, he had done some audio mixing and created some audio stuff prior to, and I had no experience with any of that. And so it was a little bit easier for him to jump into Premiere and just kind of learn it. And I, to be honest, just didn't apply myself to it. And so he got way ahead as far as like the learning curve and stuff. And he was just doing a lot of our editing for us. And then, um, probably six months ago or so, I really dove into the editing piece of it and really started to learn how to edit efficiently, how to set up a workspace and like do all these things. Um, so for me, like I just want to get really good at editing and I want to get really efficient at it because I think that's one of the most important pieces to having a, if you're going to run a, run it like a business, you've got to be able to do things in a timely manner and be efficient. So I just want to get really good at it and learn as much as I can about the editing piece and be more and just be a better contributor to to what we're doing as a whole in the projects and be able to relate more to kind of stuff that and I think I have kind of cut the gap a little bit or I'd like to think I have and Dave and I are a little bit more on the same page I think with 
editing and having those discussions, but I just want to get really good at it, man. How do you how do you plan to get better at it? Are you just going to um, just do a lot of it? Are you going to do any YouTube Academy? Like, what's your strategy? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think like anything, you just the more you do it, the better you get too. I mean, we're kind of self taught, other than the stuff you have taught us, and maybe learning a couple other things from some other people. Um, you know, spending a lot of time and Dave and I, since we're in different states, like we'll jump on a zoom call and look at different clips and color grade it together and things like that. Um, and I know this might sound silly, but I, I like watch a lot of YouTube stuff and I'm the kind of guy, like I'll watch like eight YouTube videos and then I'll watch like eight YouTube videos on color grading and I'll look for the consistencies with every video, like what everybody's consistently doing. And then you know, kind of take that and apply it and then kind of make it my own. And I don't know, I do, I do learn a lot from, from the internet and different YouTube stuff. And I'm also cautious, but I, I kind of take it for a grain of salt and I just, I don't know, I'm a sponge. Like every minute I get, I'm, I'm on YouTube looking at something or talking to Dave or asking Dave a question or asking you a question. So no specific, I guess, courses, but, um, not saying I wouldn't, I mean, I just haven't put enough thought into it, I guess yet. One uh, one thing I want to recommend for you um, is a great resource for if you if you ever run into something that you can't uh, figure out or maybe you're looking for advice on something is dvx dvxuser.com. If you go there, it's an online forum. I'm a member on there, and I've been uh, I've been on a member of DVX user for years and years now. Uh, they call me a senior member, which makes me feel really old. <laughs> And uh, what's awesome about DVX user is that it's, um, it's a great resource because it's a pool of people that are really, really experienced. I'll give you an example. Um, when I was shooting this music video this past week, I really wanted, um, I don't know, have either of you guys watched Breaking Bad, the series? Yes. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, so on the final, Dave, you have, so on the final shot of Breaking Bad, do you remember what that shot was? <sighs> mm, no, that was a while ago. No. Okay, so this is a spoiler alert for anyone who listens to this podcast, but when Walt dies at the very end of the of the series, they have this shot of him as the police are finally coming in on him after he's, you know, this whole series is a series ending shot and the police are coming in, he falls in the ground, he's finally dead. And what they did was is they they pulled uh, the camera up through like from the basically Walt's body straight up in the air, suspending it straight towards the ceiling, and they spun it slowly in a circle a couple different times as they, as they lifted the camera up. I wanted in the music video to replicate that shot only backwards. They're the final shot of the music video. This couple was um, laying on the bed head to head, and they were um, lip syncing the final lyrics of the song. And I wanted to, sus- to suspend my gimbal from the ceiling and <laughs> have it come from the ceiling down towards the couple as they were singing the final lyrics and then use a remote control to spin my gimbal slowly um, around in a couple different circles while it was being suspended from the ceiling. So how do you do that, right? Um, I was thinking it through and I was trying to figure out how could we make this happen. We had a day or two of pre-production where we were on site at the house we were gonna shoot this at. And I didn't wanna rent a crane or a jib because I didn't have the space in the room to use one. also that would have added to the cost tremendously. So what I did was I got this idea that we were going to screw 
a hole in the ceiling <laughs> and put a really thick hook in that hole and then put a pulley on the hook and throw a rope through the pulley and we were going to hang the gimbal up from the ceiling and then slowly suspend it on the pulley have someone do that while I spun the gimbal with a remote control. Hmm. And so we tried it out and during um, our last day of pre-production, but what we noticed was that the rope was spinning on its own. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about physics. So what I did was I went to dvxuser.com and I asked these people on there, guys help me, how can I, how can I get this shot without renting a jib? And I had some really great guys. Like there's a guy, I don't know if you've heard of The Handmaid's Tale. It's a real popular series mm-hmm. on Netflix. I had a shooter for The Handmaid's Tale get on there and uh, help me with it. I had uh, some another shooter from another really big show get on there and help me with it. And we worked together to figure out how I could get this gimbal to come down from the ceiling on this rope without spinning. And we came up with a solution and I used it during the actual production day and we pulled the shot off and it's absolutely amazing. I mean, it looks like it looks like a million dollar shot, but it was done on like a five dollar budget. <laughs> minus the gimbal but it, I mean it was awesome but a DVX user is a great place because there's people like that who have worked on prison break um, and vi- various really big shows that are uh, are happy to answer questions and you also have people on there that are just everyday people like me or you who are wanting to learn but you can get on there and you can post things like hey man I'm really struggling with my white balance or I'm really struggling with x y or z or I'm looking for some better way to have transitions in my videos and there's uh, different sub forums on there that you could post on, whether it's a Sony forum or an editing forum or audio or whatever. And these guys will get on there and help answer those questions for you. So I highly recommend that um, you guys and anyone listening to this podcast, check out dvxuser.com. And if you have something that you're struggling with, that's a great place to go. And of course, you can always go to the Filming with Josh uh, Facebook group. But man, there are some hotshot guys on this page, and I highly recommend that you guys check it out. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate cool. it. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I, I think it's uh, a big thing for me is is working with and collaborating with other people. I feel like it's a great way to learn. I could YouTube something to death, um, and I can also go the trial and error route, which I've done a billion times. But like having people that you can bounce things off of really does make a difference. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. That's, that's why we bother you all the time. Yeah, man. <laughs> I know. I don't know how you guys get any. I don't know how I get anything done. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, I guess uh, one of the last things I wanted to ask you guys is about um, gear. I know that you guys are both currently um, Sony shooters. Golly, that's hard to say. Dave, you shoot uh, with two A7-3s. Mm-hmm. And uh, Corey, you shoot with an A7-S Gen 1. Awesome yeah. camera. It's one of my favorite cameras I've ever owned. Um, but I want to ask you guys just random question. I'm curious. If you guys could each pick one piece of equipment, any th- piece of equipment that you could get right now for filmmaking, what would mm-hmm. it be and why? Corey, you're first. <laughs> slider? No. An- anything? <laughs> I could pick anything? Okay. Corey, yeah, Corey's is definitely a slider. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, it honestly, dude, pick anything? I mean, it on- I think for me it honestly would be the motorized slider. <laughs> I knew you were gonna I'm say obsessed that. with there sliders. You there you go. I'm the guy that, that overuses kind of the slider. That. You're going to get one and you're going to use it so much. And then like five videos later, you're never going to use it again. Dude, in like 10 years, you're going to be like, that's Corey's video for sure. There's no doubt. It's the the video, the film is going to be a short film. It's going to be 27 minutes long and 25 minutes of sliding. Just sliding everywhere. <laughs> the shots that weren't slidering shots were behind the scenes shots of the slider. Yeah, you're, you're going to throw up. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> oh. What about you, Dave? Um... 
I would say I, it's a two-part answer. So like, I don't, I don't need this, but uh, I mean, I'd love to have more of like a video camera. So like, you know, in in combination with an A7 III, so like an FS5 and FS7, um, for multiple reasons. But one of those, I think that combination for a video maker, like one of those video cameras plus one of the mirrorless cameras by Sony is just like a perfect combination. I think it covers everything that you could do. So that, or if I, one other thing would maybe be, maybe like a really nice lighting kit. I just feel like lighting is so important. Um, just have all sorts of like lights that for every situation and have like a really nice kit. Um, yeah, that, that might be my other, my other thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. lighting it lighting is so important, man. Like yeah. you should see. I can't wait for you guys to see this music video because yeah. I mean, light the lighting is truly what made it. Set design too, but the lighting in particular it makes yeah. a world of difference. Yeah, can I, mean, I give I've an shot. honest answer? What? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're gonna say something <laughs> no, stupid. Go I was, ahead. No, I wasn't actually. I was gonna say, can I give an honest answer? Because yeah. a slider would be yeah. cool, but I do know yeah. what I want. But yeah. finish talking because I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. No. No, you're not. up. What do you want? You're up. He wants a drone. So I would get a drone because, and here's why, like I'm being serious now, I'm not joking. So Dave's at, Dave has a drone and we use his drone if we're going to, you know, we need it and we're going to use it. But I feel like now since the film school, I've really learned how to use a drone to get some really cool shots that you don't know are being used by a drone, right? So like you don't know they're drone shots. And that was another one of the cool things that, that I learned at the film school is how to how to get really cool creative shots with a drone that look like kind of like they're a gimbal shot, right? And not having to use a gimbal and why in some cases you don't even want to bother using a gimbal that it's easier to, to pull out a drone and get that shot. So I would get a drone. Yeah, that's a great answer. I think uh, I'm really glad you took that away. So um, I think one of the things I see a lot, especially in the outdoor industry, is um, that when people get a drone, you know it's a drone shot. Every shot's a drone shot because it's just up high, flying straight, maybe tilting down if we're lucky. Um, but man, you, you, you were pretty creative with it. Um, I, you, I remember you launched the drone and you were getting some really cool shots of the teepees there, um, and they turned out awesome, man. And so I think that uh, you, you mean, you had some really creative ideas that I never even would have thought of. And that, I think that would definitely be an asset for you. Cool. Okay. Appreciate that. So just to add, just to add on to that, and then we can, yeah, I know you're probably trying to wrap up soon, but one of the other big things that I've learned, I know you've talked about this a lot, Josh, is using certain things uh, just as a crutch because you don't spend the time to to set up your shot so like you just talked about like the drone shot right just throw it up in the air fly it straight and get a shot or slow motion is a big thing um you know slider shots gimbal shots whatever it might be now there's there's a place for all of those for sure um and there's a there's a you know slow motion is something that gets overused a ton and i've been guilty of it a ton as well but i think the more from what I saw and what I learned, took away from the film school is the more you plan, the more you prepare, the more time you spend setting up a shot and really planning it out, uh, the less that you need to use some of these other tools. Now, yeah, is there going to be a place for those? Sure. 
Um, but you don't need to shoot every shot in 120 frames per second to make it look good. <laughs> you know, you just don't. Um, and it was kind of, I knew that and I've heard it over and over again. But I think that's also something that I took away from was, hey, if I if I really put in the time to plan and I my lighting's good and my audio is really good, I don't need to shoot everything in slow mo to get to wow people. You know, the story that I tell and the lighting of the shots and the audio that that's what's really going to tell the story, not not slow motion or a shot that I fly my drone as high as I can. Yeah, did we did we even use any slow motion in that project? No, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think um, it's kind of it's kind of funny. My dad told me one time that if you uh, when I was a kid, if you if you if you're someone who cusses a lot, then if you ever have a moment in your life where something really deserved a cuss word, it would have no impact because that's just all you ever do. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like the same is true for like slow motion, for instance, like. If you use it all the time, it has no impact. But if you use it sparingly, like when an eagle jumps off a rock, for instance, um, you can really use it in a way that has a purpose for your story. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's something you guys did a really good job of at the film school was not, I mean, you guys found ways, I mean, it was you, y'all planned this out and y'all found ways to figure out how to create a video that didn't even need any slow motion. And uh, I mean, that, that was awesome. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it is huge. Well, um, I want to answer that same last question about um, <laughs> what uh, what is something, if you could pick one piece of equipment you could get right now for filmmaking, um, mm-hmm. what would it be and why? I do have something. I um, uh, Ever since I switched to Sony lenses, I love my Sony glass, but the um, manual focus of these mirrorless fly-by-wire lenses is absolutely killing me. So I really want to get some... Um, Cinema zooms. So I have a pair of Fujinon MK cinema zooms I really, really want. And they are um, E-mount only. Well, I think they have X-mount too. But they have uh, E-mount versions of these that are just awesome for um, FS7 and FS5 cameras. And I really want to get those too. I, I just want like a two cinema lenses that have really great true manual focus and all the other qualities that make a cinema lens so great. So that's what I, I want to get the downside of that is I need somebody to give me $8,000. Can, can, you, can you touch on, um, I know this, you don't need to go into a huge discussion, but what's the difference between like just a normal lens and a cinema lens and what's the advantage I of it? You'd, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I, um, the thing about makes a sense, this is a great question actually. The reason why a cinema lens is different than a photo lens, uh, a lot of people think it's strictly image quality, but that's not it at all. Um, Yes, cinema lenses can have really unique characteristics. That's why Stranger Things picked whatever, I forgot what the brand of lenses that they use, but they picked a certain brand of lenses mm-hmm. because they wanted a certain look. So cinema lenses are known for having their own look or own characteristics, but what really makes a cinema lens different is how it's built, um, not necessarily the image quality. Because you have to keep in mind that um, if you have a, let's say you have a 24 to 105 f4 lens by Sony, if that lens can take nice pictures with a 42 megapixel camera, it can take awesome video because a video camera at 4K is only like 12 megapixels or something like that. So if you think about it, if a lens looks good and for in a high megapixel photography camera, like a 24 megapixel or 42 megapixel camera, you know it's going to be plenty good enough for video. But the difference between a photo lens and a cinema lens, so it's not image quality, 
it's the build. So a cinema lens has geared focus, which means um, no matter how fast or how slow you turn the focus ring, it's going to change the focus distance the same amount every time. Whereas photo lenses, if you turn it two inches really fast, the focus change is going to be vastly different than if you turned it two inches really slow because it's mm. got a lot of electronics. Cinema lenses, doesn't matter how fast or slow you, you rotate that two inches, it's going to change the same amount every time. So when you're pulling focus on a documentary where you only have one chance to get a shot, you are far more likely to get that focus every time with a good manual focus cinema lens than you would with a photo lens who is kind of guesswork. Mm-hmm. Um, the other difference is, is um, on, a, on a cinema zoom lens, when you zoom in or out, the focus does not change. On a photo lens, like a 70 to 200, if you're filming wildlife like a deer, for instance, and you zoom on that deer during your shot, you're, you will lose focus. Cinema lenses are par focal, so they don't lose focus when you zoom. Hmm. Cinema lenses also don't have a focus breathing, which means when you rack focus, for instance, from like a flower to an animal or from like a person to another person, focus breathing is when you shift focus from one thing to the next, you at your, your zoom actually zooms in a little bit or zooms out a little bit. Um, you A lot of people don't realize that's a thing, but if you watch a, any movie, when focus shifts from one thing to the next, it just shifts. But if you watch a budget DSLR filmmaker's video, when he shifts focus from one thing to the next, it actually zooms in or zooms out, mm-hmm. the image does, because the glass is shifting. And that doesn't happen in a cinema lens. And so there are different characteristics like that. So it's, a, it's all about having accurate, repeat, repeatable, really good manual focus, zooms that don't lose their focus when you zoom, um, and, and no focus breathing and different things like that. So it's the difference between like a professional video lens and a photo lens that's being used for video. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just you, it's, a, it's harder to have good accurate focus and you're missing out on a lot of qualities like being able to zoom during your shot. Hmm. Makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. And there are other things like like lens characteristics and the fact that the lenses, the focus rings and the zoom rings and aperture rings are all uh, geared and things like that for follow focus wheels. But the main thing is those few things I mentioned a minute ago. So having a couple good, really good cinema lenses, if you if you're a, a filmmaker like me, like a full time guy, is uh, really important, and it's something that I've really been trying to get my hands on. But they're pretty pricey, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, like eight thousand dollars for those two Fujinon MK lenses is actually fairly inexpensive. Most cinema lenses are going to cost you ten thousand dollars plus per lens. Wow. Yeah, I'll probably yeah. never probably never have one of those, but they sound <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean they have budget. They do have budget <laughs> ones. Like Rockinon has some budget ones that are yeah. pretty nice, but. Yeah. Um, if you want like a really good one, they, they cost a chunk of change, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Video is expensive. I, I guess you guys are kind of figuring that out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is. Yeah, you have to take out a mortgage. That's right. So um, I want to ask you guys, what um, what do you guys have coming up next? What's next in the works for y'all? Are y'all going hunting? Y'all going fishing? Taking some time off this summer? You got any videos coming up? What's going on? Hmm. Um, what do we have going on? Right now is, is prep prep for deer season so i'm going to we have one main farm that we hunt in pennsylvania so i'm going out there this weekend to uh, move some stands hang some stands so that's going to be a lot of work uh, so i'll be doing that um and then just some summer scouting for deer and then 
we're also going to be working on our Youth Turkey film that we filmed in May. So I don't know when that'll come out, but we'll be doing that. And uh, that's pretty much it for the summer, at least for me. I don't know what Corey's doing. I don't know yeah, if he's I mean, going, I, hunting some pig I, um, or what. Well, <laughs> probably not a lot of hunting right now, but I, I do travel you know, back to Pennsylvania once a month for business um but and i i know i was texting you guys uh, but it's not summer but let me tell you how excited i am because you know since i moved to texas i don't have a lease to hunt or anything like that yet not that i won't but i just don't now i've been hunting trying to hunt public land up here in north texas and i applied for the hagerman draw and i got drawn for the hagerman i was like Dude, I was like number 40. I think there's 240 hunters drawn out of a couple thousand applicants. And I was only one of like 42 of the 240 that had no preference points and, and applied the first time. Hmm. Dang. So, and if you guys know what the Hagerman is, if you've ever heard of it, it is a, it's a basically a nature preserve and they do like three draw hunts for whitetails every single year. And they're shooting giants out of there. I mean, like, they shot a deer a couple years ago that was, they think, I think they aged it to like nine or 10 years old. Like, I mean, that's awesome. Old giant deer. Um, so I'm pretty pumped about that just cause it's a whole new experience. So I'm, I'm pumped. That's coming up, but not till November, but I wish it was next week. <laughs> Man, you know, one thing I hope that you learn about Texas is everybody says that there's not any good public land hunting here, but there really is good public land hunting here. You just have to put some effort into figuring out where it is, but there's some great public land here. Yeah, and I'm I'm used to hunting public land. I mean, that's kind of how I grew up. So that's funny because when I moved here, you know, I'd have conversations. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm heading up to check out, you know, the Cato grasslands or whatever. And guys just kind of look at you. You know what I mean? Cato. 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 Cato yeah, whatever. you need to get that right. You're going to insult the Cato Indians. Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but they look at me like, yeah, good luck finding anything out there. So, but yeah, I'm, I have no problems going deep and finding deer. So hopefully that'll happen this year. So fun tip, I when I worked for Parks and Wildlife and I helped manage public land, uh, archery hunting units, one of the things that I learned that made me more successful for public land hunting is actually hunting really close and not deep. Everybody has the same mentality. Got to go deep, got to go deep, got to go deep. Mm-hmm. But I'd hunt, I could see the truck from where I hunted and I killed more deer that way than a lot of people went deep. So I remember you telling me that. tip to keep in mind. Yeah. It's not. It's well, not awesome. like that in Pennsylvania on public land. I mean, no. you got to go deep to get away from <laughs> no. ponds. But everybody hunts. People hunt out of the back of their truck in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, literally. Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> got a bunch of Yankees, so it makes sense. Oh man. Well, I do want to enter some jaw hunts together with you guys this year. I know. Um, I know we talked about the alligator hunt. Um, I definitely yep. want to enter that. We've got some waterfowl hunts I want to enter. Um, I want to do some exotic stuff this year. Um, maybe. Not like crazy exotics, but like Axis or Audad, things like that, and maybe some mule deer. So that, that's kind of what I want to enter this year, and I'm hoping that we can uh, maybe get drawn for a few of those together. That'd be awesome. Or maybe me and maybe me and Dave. Corey's a little too good for us here to get drawn for hunting. Yeah, own, he so. guy's going in the Hagerman. What a jokester. <laughs> yeah, he's going to ha- yeah. Well, it's exclusive. Know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get the leftovers. Yeah, it's yeah. exclusive, <laughs> guys. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> and and next year in May. We will be having Josh to Pennsylvania for a turkey yeah. hunt. So that's exactly right. I gotta keep, get my first turkey. Keep that on the calendar because that's happening. Keep that. On. Aren't you going back to Alaska soon? 
Man, I'm, yeah, I'm going in November, and uh, oh, Lord, I got some, I have, like, almost every piece of sick gear made, but I'm going to need, like, five layers of it Dude. when I go there. They say, so no joke, they say that someone has to stay in the wheelhouse of the yacht we're staying in 24-7 because the, all the icebergs that float by. Jeez. So <laughs> to try to, to dodge them so we don't turn into Titanic 2.0, I'm going to die. that's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's going to be different than this last trip. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was freezing on this last trip. I can't imagine this one. And I'm going to need like a 2,000 millimeter lens to see these goats. But <laughs> did y'all see the new 600 F4 that just came out? No. Yeah, thing is. It's the size of my leg. It's massive. Genuinely. Yeah, it's, so it's massive. And I get it. I mean, there's definitely a place for that. But my little 100 to 400, I just, yeah. it's so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's huge. I really think you could kill a bear with it. You definitely <laughs> could. 100%. 100%. Like, yeah. What's that thing uh, running? Oh, like price-wise? Yeah. Oh, it's like thirteen or 14000 something like that. Man, it makes complete sense. Enough. It's enough. More than, more, more than my cinema lenses. Yeah. Like you said, there's a purpose for it, but it's not our purpose. Oh, there's, that's yeah. for sure. It's yeah, not definitely mine. not our purpose. Not no. Mine. I think, I mean, for like Olympics or for like professional photographers for sports or things like that. I, even wildlife, I think I could see it, but for everything else, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just carrying it, let alone the price. I know. But uh, I know. Well, um, guys, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I want to ask you, how can people find you online? So Yeah, so we... Go ahead, uh, Dave. Yeah, so we're, we're in the process of finishing up our website now for Breaking Dawn. So we'll have that up soon. Then we have a Facebook page, Instagram, and then Rooted. And, we and have guys, it's Breaking Dawn Films, not Breaking Dawn, the Twilight series. It is not the Twilight <laughs> series. It's not. All right. So now, since you said that, since Here you said that, now we have to tell you what the name is. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So because that's we've heard that too many times and we we, we thought about it. <laughs> we knew it. Corey, why don't you yeah. tell them what Breaking Dawn is so that people can stop making fun of us now yeah man i feel like i i feel like i knew this was going to happen but i thought we were going to get out of it but we're going to have to explain it so. especially from our, especially it, from so. our friends especially from our friends you know i, I know. just did i think i thought they would be above that but they're not but, apparently. but they're not they're not so <laughs> maybe they're not maybe he's not our friend i mean maybe that's what true spoils down to he's just using sure. us no i'm just kidding no but breaking dawn um so we love so when we well, actually we were creating rooted outdoors we we're thinking of names and breaking dawn was actually something we thought of and the reason is is because that's like our favorite time in the woods is when dawn breaks you know that transition from night you know it's almost like a shift change from night to to daybreak um you know you have the birds that are waking up and you have the animals that are going to sleep and that just that dawn breaking that's like our favorite time to be in the woods and so we always said when we created Rooted Outdoors and we named it Rooted Outdoors for a reason and it's got a purpose and it makes complete sense and we love it. Breaking Dawn, I felt like was going to be something. And so when we when we talked about creating a company, you know, business, um, Breaking Dawn was just it like surfaced and we're like, it's got to be Breaking Dawn. So that's how that got named. Yeah, I actually really like it. I really want to hammer you guys <laughs> so bad, but... I actually think it's pretty clever. I like it a lot. I think you have a better <laughs> explanation for that than I do for my company name. So, 
Yeah, I would um, agree. Awesome. No. Yeah, so we have our so it's Breaking Dawn Films. So we'll have a website up soon, like I said, a Facebook page, and then Rooted, same thing. Facebook, Instagram. We have a YouTube channel that we post our videos on. Um, so really, any of those um, are are good ways to to get in touch with us, and um, you know we're happy to happy to chat with anybody about. Whatever, whether it's, uh, you know, someone that wants to go on a youth hunt, we're obviously really passionate about that, uh, speaking engagements, and now obviously with the Breaking Dawn films, um, if someone's looking for a video made and they don't want to work with Josh because he stinks, <laughs> then we'll talk to you, so. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have uh, to have some words after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> oh, man. So good. <laughs> well, um. I feel like uh, I feel like we covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate you guys coming on. I can't wait to get together again soon. Um, maybe this next time y'all be teaching me some stuff. I'm pretty fired up to see what y'all do next, man. Thanks, man. Hey, man, we appreciate yeah, we appreciate you, yeah. man. We appreciate everything you're doing for not not just us, man. Again, just you're giving giving you're giving mentality and just wanting to help other people and share what you've learned so that other people don't make a ton of mistakes. Like that's, dude, that's, I mean, that's who you are and that's what we love about you. So thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that's what you think. Um, I'm actually in it for the money, um, but just being real. <laughs> I was we'll trying to end this on a, I was yeah. trying to end this with a love fest. And yeah. You just won't let me, you, the guy he won't, won't let me. He won't, he won't let you. I'm so mad at all the hard head catfish I caught fishing the other day. So this is my, I'm just taking it out on you that's guys. Fair. That's all. You that's didn't catch fair. any sharks, I guess. We didn't get any, no. any photos. Freaking man. And so I looked at the uh, GPS that said, on my GPS, it's got like the fish thing that tells you, you know, if it's a good day or a bad day or whatever. And I don't know how reliable that is. All I know is, is that the day I was so fired up to fish, it would get, I had like a one out of four stars for fishing. So I was pretty <laughs> bummed about that. And all I caught was hard heads and like a black drum. And that was it. <laughs> There's another way to tell if it's a good day or a bad day. What's that? How full your cooler is, dude. It wasn't full, was it? It was empty. It was full, but it wasn't oh. full of fish. <laughs> so it was a good day. <laughs> I could be a good day too. <laughs> it was a so good, good day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well no i appreciate it man i i always enjoy um talking to you guys and helping out in any way i can and i want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to this uh episode of the filming with josh podcast it's always a pleasure to get to talk about my passion and i can't wait to get started on net next week's episode golly i can't talk tonight if you have any questions about Corey and dave and why they chose breaking dawn films as their name or about today's podcast Please send me a PM on Facebook at Joshua Milligan or shoot me an email at josh at rusticriver.media. Um, also, be sure to follow me on Instagram at rustic underscore river underscore media and uh, check out my website at rusticriver.media. I don't know if I can say Rustic River Media any more than I just did. Um, but thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks, guys, for joining me, and uh, I'll catch you all next week. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.